from snowy Minnesota, it's the Ride Ready Podcast, brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. I am Joe Zemer, and I am not an expert. Not when it comes to caring for and operating an off-road vehicle in the winter. But today I am joined by someone who is an expert on that topic. Today we welcome a first-time guest to the podcast, Polaris service engineer Guy Burnt. Guy is going to teach us about how the weather affects our vehicles, how we can avoid common winter problems, and how we can operate our vehicles in the cold and snow. Well, we have a first-time guest here on the Ride Ready Podcast. Guy, welcome aboard. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about uh, your career path at Polaris and uh, your day-to-day operations here? Sure. Like Joe already said, my name is Guy Burnt. Uh, I'm a service engineer for our all-terrain vehicle product line. I've been here a little over seven years and... and uh, Came from an uh, engineering background. Do you have a favorite uh, off-road vehicle to ride? Yeah, I like them all. Um, I do like the side-by-sides uh, for a little more uh, protection and uh, performance, but I, but I really enjoy the ATVs uh, just because they, they ride so much differently. Well, today's topic is cold weather operation. Uh, it's topical because it's cold and snowy here today in Minnesota, so let's, let's dig right into it. And from a high-level point of view, what are some of the major ways that cold weather affects our off-road vehicles? Sure. Cold weather affects our off-road vehicles in, in many different ways, much the same that, that our vehicles are affected by them, cars and trucks, but sometimes to a little bit more of an extent. The engines that we have in our off-road vehicles are, are a bit more high-performance than uh, what you would find in your car or you know your regular daily driving vehicle. Um, and so Making sure that you're using good, high-quality fuel is uh, probably of the utmost importance, but also making sure you have a good, strong battery and that you're uh, operating the vehicle properly for cold weather uh, will really help help you keep things in good shape and, and starting well. So let's drill down a little bit deeper on some of those topics, though. Let's start with fuel quality. How does fuel quality impact our operation in the winter? Fuel quality varies a lot from uh, place to place, from gas station to gas station, and and also from season to season. Up here in Minnesota, we we run usually two different blends of fuel, one for summer and one for winter. The winter blended fuel is formulated to evaporate at a much lower temperature than than our summer blended fuels are. And so if you're running a summer blended fuel and, and you're operating in temperatures uh, below 40 degrees or below freezing for sure. It won't evaporate as readily. It can cause some hard starting and some performance issues as well. And so we recommend always using fresh fuel from a high volume gas station. Uh, and that can usually eliminate those kinds of problems with, uh, with seasonal blends. Why is it important to run the engine after filling the tank? After you fill the tank, you want to run the engine and, and try to get uh, some of that fuel that's in the fuel lines and the, in, in the pump uh, circuit kind of all ready to burn through the engine. And, and that way you can ensure by the time you shut it off, there's fresh fuel in those fuel lines and in the injectors. Another thing we'll talk about a lot is the effect of short trips in the winter. How does a short trip affect your battery, and why is that something we need to avoid in the winter? Well, our off-road vehicles uh, utilize a little different charging system than we see on, you know, our daily driving type of vehicles, cars and trucks. It uses a stator instead of an alternator. In order for the stator to produce voltage sufficient to charge the battery, the uh, the machine needs to be run for a little while, and it also needs to be run at RPM. So you don't want to just start it and let it idle. That, that stator is not producing enough voltage to, to recharge the battery in that state. So you want to start it, 
let it achieve a, a full warm-up cycle, and, and you want to make sure that you get RPM use, you know, get the RPMs up above 3,000 just for, for best uh, practice there. So the moral of the story is if you're just going to run to your mailbox, maybe make a longer trip out of it? Yep, yeah, if you're going to run to the mailbox, make a, a longer trip out of it, make sure you get a full fan cycle uh, from the engine and, and, you know, make sure that uh, that you're, you're getting plenty of use uh, above 3,000 RPM on the way uh, there and back. What are some other best practices for operation in the winter, whether it's batteries or fuels or any other tips you think people should make sure they're aware of? The best advice there is to make sure that your battery is uh, – keeping a sufficient charge. A lot of times in the winter, vehicles are sitting in storage, they're not getting use, or we'll even see people use them a lot for plowing. And that is a very low speed, kind of high load situation to put the battery in. You're not getting the RPMs to keep the stator producing voltage to charge the battery. And then you're also uh, likely running a winch up and down and and uh, doing things like that, that, that really drain on the electrical system. If you just go back and, and park it in the garage after that type of use. Um, after a couple of times, you might find that the battery is, is discharged and needs a jump. Well, we're on the topic of batteries. Let's talk corrosion. How do we deal with battery corrosion? Um, battery corrosion, uh, you know, you'll want to check for it periodically. Um, it can affect uh, many things, uh, you know, from the amount of voltage that you get to the starter to, you know, how, how readily the battery is able to be jump-started or charged. The best practice, I think, to... to deal with battery corrosion is you'll want to disconnect the battery cables and uh, just make a, a nice paste with uh, water and baking soda, kind of paint it on there a little bit. That'll neutralize uh, some of the, the buildup that, that you get on the terminals and, uh, and make it pretty nice and easy for you to clean that off. What should we be keeping an eye on when it comes to our spark plugs in the winter? That kind of goes back to the topic that we discussed with the fuel. Best thing for spark plugs is allowing the engine to run at RPM and, and achieve, you know, full warm-up cycle before shutting it off. Failing to do so can cause, you know, a lot of fuel and carbon buildup on the spark plug, and uh, eventually it, it may have trouble producing a spark and, and could leave you with a no-start condition. Are there any other maintenance practices that you like to really point out for winter operation? Our snowmobile operators probably have this nailed pretty well, but you always want to make sure that your, all your fluids are, are good and full um, and in good condition. You know, that goes for engine oil, coolant in the radiator, uh, your driveline fluids. Uh, you'll want to make sure that your tires are aired up uh, properly because a uh, drop in temperature will cause a, a, a drop in, in tire pressure. So uh, making sure that they're aired up properly. And then also making sure your suspension and pivot points are, are nicely greased. Um, that'll help keep... Uh, you know, water and debris out and uh, keep those cold parts uh, moving freely against each other. Let's talk the actual operation of your vehicle in the snowy weather. This is this is uh, pretty topical for us, too, because my commute to work today was not so much fun in all the snow we got last night. Uh, when you're driving your RV in the winter, what are some tips that you would offer to people who maybe are doing this for the first time? Well, you always want to start slow. Don't, don't get it over, over your head. Don't forget that uh, there's a lot of uh, obstacles that could be hidden underneath snow, including ice or rocks and stumps. Things that you don't realize are, are there could be there and uh, could, could kind of cause some damage or, or at least uh, wreck your day. So, you know, making sure you're going slow, uh, making sure you know the uh, area that you're operating the vehicle in, as well as um, wear more clothes than you need. You know, you're going to want to bundle up 
uh, make sure you're overdressed for the occasion. It's always better to be able to shed a layer than it is to uh, get, you know, far from home and realize that you're cold. Those safety tips are always really important for dressing. What other stuff, if you're going to go out for a ride in the winter, are you going to make sure that you bring along or do beforehand? To build on on the, you know, overdress uh, uh, topic there, you know, overdress, bring extra layers, make sure that your exposed skin is covered. It, it doesn't take long, depending on the temperatures for, for frostbite or that kind of uh, situation is set in. So always overdress. You'd want to bring a cell phone as well, even if you're not anticipating to have cell service in the area that you're in. Uh, it'd be a good idea to bring one. You may end up with cell service, uh, you know, uh, at some point, uh, or, or, you know, if you're walking back, you may find uh, uh, a spot where you can make a phone call. There are also other, you know, handy uh, things that a, you can use a cell phone for, anything from a flashlight to, you know, referencing some offline uh, maps that you had saved. But uh, all in all, it's a, it's a great thing to have with you and, and uh, it could bail you out of a bad situation. Do you always make sure to check in with someone and tell them where you're going before you go out for a ride, too? We've talked about that before with snowmobile travel. Yep, and that's an excellent point. You, you know, you don't want to travel alone if, if you can help it. Um, go with a group, bring somebody with you. That way, at least you have another uh, vehicle or another person to, to help you tackle some, some obstacles that you may encounter uh, should you find yourself uh, st- stuck or stranded. You'll want to, you know, tell people who are at home where you're going, when you plan to be back, and uh, that way, if, uh, you know, if they don't see you by your planned return time, they, they can, you know, head out and go look for you if needed. And then, you know, good idea to try to bring some, you know, basic kind of survival gear with you, too, just in case, like something you can start a fire with. Maybe it's, it's just as simple as having a lighter in your pocket or a book of matches, uh, or you could, you know, get a little more uh, in-depth with some of the camping gear and, and stuff that's uh, around a kind of a survival situation there. High visibility clothing is also really important. You don't want to blend into the background if you're, if you're needing somebody to find you. So high visibility clothing is, is always uh, something we recommend. And you see it often in our snow, uh, snowmobile gear. It's, it's not often you see it all black uh, head to toe. There's always bright colors involved there. And then finally, you know, bring in a tow rope, especially if you've got two machines with Great idea to bring that with, and, and then, you know, you, you if you get stuck, uh, you might have an out with that. Let's talk about accessories before we wrap up here. One way you can make life a little bit easier might be to add a few things to your vehicle. Anything that uh, you found helpful over the years uh, to winter operation? Yeah, so, you know, if you're riding a side-by-side or even a four-wheeler, you know, having a, having a windshield, a good windshield uh, as an accessory will, will help keep you warm. Uh, it'll help keep the wind off of you. Another thing, you know, ATV-wise, uh, hand guards, you know, help keep your hands warm. There's also uh, hand grip warmers and thumb warmers uh, that you can install as accessories on uh, on your ATV. Um, we don't have those on uh, side-by-sides yet, but, uh, you know, we do have a little more um, cab accessories and roofs and, and stuff like that for our side-by-sides, which, which help achieve the same thing. Um, making sure that you have, uh, you know, good tires, Having a, uh, a heater kit installed in your side-by-side uh, would be a, uh, an excellent thing to do for if you're frequently operating in cold weather. Otherwise, you know, things like light bars and spotlights, um, anything to, to help uh, brighten up uh, uh, a dark trail or even an overcast uh, trail. Uh, it can be very difficult to see the contours in the snow when it's uh, overcast. 
So having those lights on will help you see where you're going and, and uh, um, avoid obstacles in front of you. What about tracks? Have you found them helpful? What are they best for? And is there any kind of key maintenance you should know if you're going to decide to put tracks on your side-by-side or ATV? Tracks are an excellent uh, winter weather um, accessory. The uh, recommended operation for, for using those is, is to always use all-wheel drive. You want to make sure that, uh, that those front wheels are being driven as well as the rear and only use it in uh, low gear for the most part. Uh, you don't want to get too much speed going uh, while you're running those tracks. It, uh, it can be uh, you know, hard on, on some of the suspension components. In terms of you know maintenance, you want to make sure that you got good lubrication. You know any place where you've got some friction, uh, and then when you park, make sure that you're not parking in an icy puddle. I mean where the tracks can get frozen to the ground, um, and you want to make sure you clean kind of the snow and slush out when you're done using them. Again, just to keep ice from building up and and potentially causing damage to driveline or uh, suspension components. All right, well, Guy, thanks for dropping all that knowledge on us. We really appreciate the time and uh, enjoy the winter riding season. I will. Thank you very much, Joe. You too. A huge thanks to Guy and a huge thanks to all of you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please consider leaving us a five-star review and make sure to tell your friends to subscribe wherever they get their podcasts. Until next time, this has been the Ride Ready Podcast. The Ride Ready Podcast is brought to you by the Polaris Help Center, your first stop for vehicle information, maintenance tips, and how-to videos. Look for the Help button in the upper right-hand corner of any Polaris brand website. Remember, all riders should always wear helmets, eye protection, and protective clothing and footwear. Read, understand, and follow your owner's manual. Never ride under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Ride within the limits of your own abilities and never engage in stunt or exhibition driving.